This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, I'm Jen Hardy with LaQuest. I'm here with Carrie Portillo, my co-producer on this episode. Carrie, what are we here to talk about today? Hi, Jen. Um, today we're here to talk about the California Water Series of Look West. I'm very excited about this series because we will explore some of the many complexities of this vital resource, from water accessibility to climate change and urban and rural perspectives. The series aims to highlight the many layers beneath the surface. It sounds like it's going to be a really interesting series. What made you want to take part in this? So this topic is actually really close to my heart from having worked on a documentary uh, a few years back about uh, the drought in water in California to participating in a water policy academy earlier this year. I really just wanted an opportunity to highlight all of the water issues specifically in California and the climate struggles that come with it. And I know you got the chance to talk to the speaker of the assembly, uh, Mr. Anthony Rendon, about this topic of water. Uh, anything you want us to know before we jump in? Um, as we know, as Speaker Rendon is one of the leaders on California water issues in the legislature. So, you know, representing uh, the 63rd district in Los Angeles with, with the Los Angeles River running right through it, um, he gave us an excellent perspective on just the overall topic of water in California, where we are on the drought and what people can do, uh, you know, in their own daily lives to help with the situation. Great. Let's hear that chat you had with them now. Mr. Speaker, thank you for joining us. How are you today? Good, how are you? Well, thank you. Very excited to have you on and we appreciate your time. So the topic today is water. And so California water specifically. So I thought we'd start with an easy one. What interests you about water? Um, Water's, I mean, it's a huge theme, right? I mean, it's a huge theme, whether it's in literature, the Bible, life, history, right? I mean, it's a huge, it's an Old Testament theme. It's a, it's a theme that like, you know, um, a, a huge theme in mythology. It's a gigantic theme in California history. Um, it's obviously something that brings and sustains life. And, you know, we, we as a species uh, come from the water. So it's, you know, foundational and existential. And I, I'm, I like, I like big themes. I like, uh, I like big dramatic themes. And it's, it's, that's one of them. Even like, I think when I think about our language around immigration, right? Like conservatives talk about the flood of immigrants. Um, and it's, it's all that kind of imagery that it brings forward. I think people of all sort of, you know, ideological stripes uh, sort of tap, <laughs> uh, tap into uh, the vocabulary and, and ideas uh, in and around language, uh, the, the language of water. And I think, you know, it's, it's evocative of a lot. Water as a force. You yeah, know. water as a force, yeah. Um, getting into the topic of water in California specifically, um, you passed a water bond in your first term in the assembly. Um, and so can you tell us about that and what inspired you to do that? Yeah, you know, I took over the the uh, chair the chair of that committee uh, about halfway through my my freshman term, um, and it the, the committee is on water parks and wildlife, and I felt very comfortable uh, on the parks and wildlife parts of the committee, and to an extent, that's what I kind of uh, thought I was getting into. Um, environmental background, worked for the California League of Conservation Voters. For me, I always thought that would be the focus of my efforts. 
Um, and then uh, the speaker at the time, John Perez, sort of corrected me and said, now the water part, that's the big part. Um, we hadn't done a, a water bond in a generation and been swinging and missing it at trying to do one. Um, and I think to sort of back up a little bit from a district perspective, I come from a district where water quality uh, is a huge issue. I come from a district where governance is a huge issue. Um, tremendous amount of corruption in the water districts, school district uh, and uh, city councils in my district. So my approach to the water bond was one where I uh, provided a lot, tremendous amount of, um, of public input. We did something like 16, 17 different hearings throughout the state uh, because we wanted to hear from, from people. Um, and what you got was, you know, for an issue, you're, I was talking about it thematically earlier, right? For an issue that's so huge and abstract, people understand it tangibly. Uh, people understand it. Um, I remember being in uh, Northern Kern County uh, at a hearing and people were lined up. I mean, that hearing went on for six hours because we wanted to hear from everybody. At that point, because of the drought, we had more fallow. You put all the fallow land in California together. It was larger than the state of Rhode Island. Um, people understand how that's, you know, an everyday sort of bread and butter issue. Um, people in the San Gabriel Valley understand how, you know, living, uh, you know, with a super fun site beneath you is a tangible issue. Um, so for me, it was an issue that I took on, um, not really understanding, uh, not really understanding how people understood it. Um, and, you know, to, 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 to hear from people uh, 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 the way that it makes sense in, in their everyday lives, I thought was, was one of the really cool aspects of it. So, um, the LA river runs through your community. Um, and so what role does the LA river play? Well, a lot. I mean, you know, it's a connector, it's a divider. Um, the, the LA river is something that, you know, I've compared it to a blank canvas, uh, in a lot of instances, it's something that I think people, whether in a real sense they try they they seek to render it in a way that you know that the, they want it to be i think in other ways um it's something that is you know like uh, you know like carlos fuentes said about the u.s mexican border he said it's not a it's not a border it's a scar um i think you look at the la river and to a large extent what it uh, means environmentally and to communities and the way it's divided communities represents a scar and an, and an attempt, I think, to rehabilitate it, uh, to redevelop it, to reimagine it is an attempt to kind of, you know, to, to fix to fix that scar. So, you know, it serves that purpose. It's, uh, it's a tremendous green space. Um, it's interesting in that all the conversations that we have in and around rehabilitating it as a recreational space, I think we can't, and I probably, I'm as guilty as anybody of doing this, I'm probably overlooked the extent to which people use, like right now it's 1218 on a Thursday afternoon. There's thousands of families walking down it or jogging down it or bicycling down it right now. It's very much utilized. Uh, we just wanted more accommodations and better accommodations. So playing off of what you said, you know, you said it, it kind of represents a scar, um, but it also is constantly used, utilized. Can we change how we see the LA River? 
Yeah, I think we, we can definitely change how we see the LA River. I think a, a, a lot of communities have begun to do that. I mean, you know, for somebody who grew up in LA, I don't ever really remember paying attention to it. It's just something you sort of go past on the bus and you're like, oh, I don't, you know, whatever. You don't, you don't even notice it. And I think the conversations about the, about the river, you know, a lot of the art about the river, a lot of, you know, I just read a book, a takeoff on Huck Finn um, based, you know, on the LA river instead of the Mississippi. I think those sorts of, uh, you know, the, 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 the myths and narratives about the river cause you to pay attention to it. Um, and that in and of itself is a way of starting to think about it in our lives in a present tense, but also, you know, what it can be to us, to our communities, to, to the state. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's a big, I think it's a big part of it. Um, much of the attention on safe drinking water in particular has focused on the Central Valley. Um, how are those issues in your urban district different or the same? Very much the same. I mean, I, I think where there's a little bit of difference is when it comes to uh, issues of, of availability. I mean, I, I remember being down in Assemblymember Joaquin Arambula's district. I was in the south. Uh, east southwestern part of his district there are, are parts of his district where they truck in the water and that's all you have uh, fortunately we don't have those issues in our district but we definitely have issues of you know cleanliness and drinkability and and it, it's interesting there's this issue also i think of aesthetics um there's a lot of folks who turn on the tap and the water's brown and the water officials will tell you well we tested it and it's okay um but that has an impact, a psychic impact on you, right? You know, the, the water's not brown in Beverly Hills. Um, that in and of itself says something, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, we have tremendous problems with drinking water uh, in our district, but I mean, I'm not gonna limit it there. I mean, I, I know there's other parts uh, of, of uh, adjoining districts and in Los Angeles County, you go down to Eddie Garcia's district in, in Coachella, south of uh, La Quinta, down to the border huge issues there as well. So, you know, we, we suffer from a lot of the same things that, that uh, people throughout the state suffer from. All right, so let's get into talking about California's drought. Um, tell me what your understanding of the current situation is. Uh, current state of the California droughts, terrible to be honest with you. I mean, January, February, and March were the, were the driest months uh, on record uh, in our state's history. Uh, we just got news and there's a story in the LA Times about this uh, high profile story that Two of the largest reservoirs, Shasta Lake and Lake Oroville, are, are critically low. Uh, and we're, you know, this is, this is, I'm talking to you in, in, in mid-May. So we're still several months away from, uh, from summer. I think one of the things that I've talked a lot about um, is the extent to which climate change impacts everything from education to jobs to, you know, et cetera. And it certainly impacts, certainly impacts water. Uh, climate and the drought are, are uh, you know, intrinsically linked. And as climate change worsens, uh, we're definitely going to see diminishing snow and, and rainfall and, and more, uh, uh, more rapid melting. I'm the father of a two and a half year old. She's really smart and she knows a lot of things. And the other day um, she asked me what an umbrella was. Uh, and I thought that was, I thought that was telling. So when it comes to, you know, what you've described, the issues that California is facing, what role does the legislature play when it comes to water? I think, first of all, the, the year that I passed the water bond, 
that I that I authored the water bond. We also uh, did, uh, and I'll mention him by name because he doesn't get enough due for this. Roger Dickinson, uh, one of my colleagues in the assembly, passed an incredible bill on groundwater um, and mapping and all of that, and that was huge. Uh, every bit, every bit is important, uh, and probably in in terms of long term, probably more important than than my efforts around the water bond. Um, so we, you know, we do the, those types of things. We've been hearing uh, people proposing, you know, resetting the legal framework for water in California. We know that when Australia suffered their drought about a decade, yeah, maybe a little more than a decade ago, um, they sort of redid water rights and those types of things. So there's there's a lot that we can do um, at the state level, and uh, we, I think we definitely need to play a, a more major role in how we think about water. With that, you know, what would your message be to Californians when it comes to water? What can they do? There's quite a bit, um, uh, quite a bit that, that, you know, I, I, and I know, again, this is going back 10 years when I was the chair of water. So, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm a little classic rock and I don't, I don't quite know it. Um, but I know back, you know, a decade ago, Los Angeles County had added uh, a million residents and was still using the same amount of water that they had been using prior to that, right? So that says a lot about the consciousness about water and about people, you know, whether you're, you, you can't underestimate things like, you know, turning off the water when you're brushing your teeth or shaving or those types of things, right? I mean, that stuff adds up, that stuff matters. So we can, we can definitely do those types of things. Uh, we reset, uh, my wife and I reset our sprinklers and our, our, our home in the district recently. Um, it's all those types of things that, that we do and that honestly younger folks are learning to do and are better at doing than folks in their mid fifties like me. Uh, but those things add up and they really matter. hundred percent. Every little drop counts. Right. So um, how are California's actions on water setting an example for, you know, the rest of the nation, because we're not the only state facing a drought at the moment. Yeah, we're not. I mean, it's it's interesting, and we're not the only locale. I mean, I'm thinking of of South Africa, Cape Town. A couple of years ago, was dangerously close to like literally, literally running out of water, uh, where you turn on the taps and nothing would come out. Um, we in California have the the most sophisticated water storage and and conveyance system in the world. The the height of COVID, uh, you know, particularly with the little baby, my wife and I didn't want to fly down uh, to the district, so we drove down and you know, to drive along, uh, you know, the, the conveyance systems um, and to really think about them and to have a, to look around uh, the great agricultural farmlands and then to sort of, you know, on both ends coming into a huge urban area like Sacramento, a huge urban area like the San Fernando Valley and to think about the extent to which none of that would exist without, you know, the stuff that we've done. Um, is, you know, it, it should make everybody appreciate the stuff that we've done. Um, but, you know, we, 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 have, we have challenges, right? I mean, two-thirds of the water's in the north, uh, and two-thirds of the, the demand is in the south. I talked earlier, I, I just mentioned our huge agricultural uh, regions. That's great. It's wonderful. It's great for our economy, great for the world, but it also represents a challenge, too. Um, so we have to, we have to take uh, all of those things into consideration. You know, when when I did the water bond in uh, my freshman term, we learned a lot from other places. We learned a lot from from Australia. We learned a lot from Israel. We learned a lot. Uh, most famously, when you think about water, you think of the Dutch 
Um, so we learn from a lot of a lot of folks, and uh, and I think we need to keep doing that. What kind of hope do we have to make the situation better? Is is the problem so big it can't be fixed, or are you hopeful we will we will be able to overcome the drought? Well, earlier I talked about young people, um, and I'm very hopeful when I when I talk to young folks uh, in general, um, but particularly around environmental issues. I was listening to a discussion the other day on an Irish radio station about um, household sort of gadgets like Siri and those types of things that you have in your house. And all the old people, uh, older people, people my age were a little pissy about stuff like, oh, they're spying on you and you know they can hear on all this stuff. And all the younger people were talking about the extent to which that stuff can, has a, can have a positive impact on the environment, right? Like Siri, turn off the lights or whatever. Um, and it's, you know, I think young people um, have a sense of um, that we live, we don't live in a world without limits, right? We live in a world with uh, where the resources uh, are dwindling uh, and to a large extent spoiling. Uh, and we haven't paid attention to that stuff for a long time. Uh, I think hope lies in them. Um, but if my generation and, and people a little younger, if we wait for them, to figure it out when they're adults, uh, that's that's too late. Um, so we need to change. We need to change our old habits and our, our ways of thinking about natural resources in general. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, for joining us today. We really appreciate your insight on this topic. And thank you, Carrie. What can we look forward to next in this water series? Well, Jen, I'm very excited because the series will cover several topics related to water in California, uh, from providing urban and rural perspectives on accessibility and the different needs uh, of each area in California, to taking a closer look at the role that climate change plays in water accessibility and quality. So what we're really hoping for is that this series will provide various perspectives on the California water crisis, but also show how there is hope in California water. Thank you again to Carrie Portillo and Speaker Anthony Rendon. I'm Jen Hardy. This is LaQuest. Thank you for listening. The LaQuest podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west.